Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel overchurched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. Good morning, everyone. Happy New Year. Happy first service of the year. Um, Today's reading is going to be uh, the first epistle of Thessalonians, um, chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always, praying without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise the words of prophets, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. May the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and soul and body be kept sound and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you faithful, and he will do this. Beloved, pray for us. Greet all the brothers and sisters with a holy kiss. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks to God. God is good. All the time. We are also good. Ah, come on. It's a new year. You all are new. So we can say that one more time. We are also good. Good morning. My name is Chan Choi. My pronoun is he, him, his. I'm serving Auburn Village Church Edgewater and South Loop. Welcome all of you in the name of Jesus Christ, who is our love, who is peace, who is joy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. May God prepare the best thing that you have ever experienced yet and fill your heart and mind with a new hope, strength, and courage in 2020. Wow, it's 2020. You know what? There were so many movies and science fiction novels in my childhood that describes the distant future where the cars are flying and people have a vacation in Mars and a battle against alien in 2020 <laughs> this year. Even though it's a quite different than people's imaginations, I'm so thankful for being here today with you all on the very first Sunday of this new decade. I hope you have the same feeling and gratitude. Amen? So why don't we take a selfie to recall this worship at the end of this decade? I mean, 10 years later. So I just want to take picture all of you so you can, you can recall 10 years later what 
whatever age you are. And all oh, right, 10 years ago, I was at Edge Theater. There was a baby crying, and Pastor Chan just suddenly spoke up. So it'll be good memory for all of you. So let's take a selfie. I'm going to take a picture of all of you first, and I will take a selfie together. All right. All right. Since we have so many people here, so I'm going to do panorama. So keep smiling, but don't move. All right. One more picture for myself. <laughs> Smile, everybody. One, two, three. All right. So now I'm feeling comfortable. Huh? So, have you heard Google Trends? All right. So it is a tool to analyze the uh, popularity of task search queries in, in Google search. So let's see the chart I prepared. No, not this one. Right here. Really? Oh, really? Uh-uh. All right, it's okay. So actually, there were, there's supposed to be a chart look like this shape. I don't know how can I explain it. It's now on my script. Um, all right, never mind. Anyway, it's a pretty interesting chart. And okay, please let me know if you find it anything. It looked like a U shape like this, and you can find a term from <laughs> January 1st through December 31st. And uh, there's a 150 zero, which means 100 means that there's a, a, it's a peak of popularity of this search. And 50, a score of 50 means it's, there's a only half of popularity of this search. Is it making sense? And the chart I prepared is a, like a U shape from the uh, January 1st, like the peak, and suddenly drop down and there's another peak, December 20-something. That was a chart I prepared. You can imagine that. It's a really perfect first Sunday. Oh, all right, anyway. Um, and actually, I found this uh, chart with very specific keyword. Can you guess what keyword was? Prayer. Prayer. Diet. Diet. <laughs> Similar. <laughs> Actually, I put this keyword, New Year's Resolution, which I said it five days ago and failed two days ago. So <laughs> when I put that keyword on Google Trends, actually it showed me that, that chart. It's a peak in the early January, then suddenly drop after two weeks, literally. And rest of the year is almost zero. Then suddenly go up to the 100 and December 20-something. Where is it? All right. And here is mine. Chan, who was filled with a new hope and strength, set this New Year's resolution. Walking and exercising at least four times a week. Four times a week. And read the whole Bible this year. Don't get me wrong, I didn't fail that reading part, I failed the exercising part. <laughs> and I'd like to encourage you to join this practice. You can find the reading schedule from our bulletin. 
here, you can find this new part about let's read the whole Bible in 2020. So you can find this schedule and follow this schedule with me. Then you can read the whole Bible this year. Okay, got it. All right. <laughs> it's a quite similar then, right? It's, it's pretty similar with my explanation. It's an actual chart. Thank, thank you, Kathy. So, as I said, it's been five days, and I already failed to walk and exercise at least four times a week. I did just one time. But, yeah, it's good, right? Thank you for saying that. But I will restart it from tomorrow because our God is a forgiving God who always gives us a chance to restart it. Amen? So you always have a second chance. Why is the New Year's resolution a matter? Why does people search and set these things? Why? Why you set those goals for diet or something like that? Because people want to organize and improve one's life as they begun the new year and new beginning. And that's your the same purpose of our new sermon series, Rhythms of Life. Through this sermon series, we are going to think about the way to organize our life for peace, balance, and growth. With our sacred rhythms like rest, connect, prayer, and service. And today, we are going to think about pray. And I prepared a clip that explain why prayer is one of important rhythms in our life. Do we have it? Do we have the clip? Okay. I know. We're all gonna die. Everybody knows that. But I'm gonna die today. Funny that, you know, to know. But the thing is, it's that I'm still scared. I'm really scared. Nobody will mourn for me. No one will pray for my soul. you mourn for me? Will you say a prayer for me? <laughs> or is it too late? <sighs> I mean, I'd say one for myself, but I've never prayed in my life, so... <laughs> Nobody ever taught me how. <sighs> how many of you watched this movie, Gravity? It is a well-made movie because it made me not to watch it again since I was able to be fully empathized with the character's emotions such as fear and panic. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> Long story short, she and her commander left in deep space with no link to Earth and there was no hope of rescue. In this desperate situation, she talked to herself Will you say a prayer for me? Or is it too late? I mean, I do say one for myself, but I've never prayed in my life. 
Nobody ever taught me how. Nobody ever taught me how. I hope this is not your case. Prayer is an anchor of our life to remind hope, joy, and gratitude that are already given to us and to connect ourselves to God directly and immediately. So, unceasing prayer might allow us to live the abundant and life-giving lives. That's which why we are going to talk about prayer on the very first Sunday of New Year. Before jumping into the today's passage, let me ask several questions to reckon your own prayer life. I'm going to ask you several questions, so please be honest. Is prayer important to you? Yes. All right, I'm going to ask you one more time. Is it, actually, this is a pretty easy question for everybody, so... Is prayer important to you? Yes. Then how often do you pray? Daily. Daily? Once a week. All right. Then how long? And are you satisfying with your prayer life? You know what? I can see how your feeling has been changed while you're answering this question. All right, pastor, the prayer is pretty important for me. How often? Um, almost every day. How long? Two minutes. Are you satisfying with your prayer life? Not really. It's a pretty normal response from everybody. We all know that the prayer is important, but we are hardly satisfying with our prayer life. We may feel like we need to pray more often and longer than one minute. Because of these dissatisfactions and sort of guilt feeling, we may feel the prayer as a burden than a joy and gifts. To get back to our rhythms of prayer, we may need a life coach who can give us advice and guidance. Let me introduce the most famous life coach who is a bestseller author and transformed many people's lives through his advice, Mr. Paul. You know what? He was a true life coach. People asked many questions for changing their lives, and Paul wrote down the letter to respond to their questions. Among the various letters from Paul, the first letter to the Thessalonica church is considered as a very first pastoral letter of Paul. The members of Thessalonica church who were living the new life as a follower of Jesus Christ were praised by Paul as they were serving an, as an excellent role model for all the believers. However, these people of faith had been troubled with an important question. What will happen to our loved ones who have died? What will happen to our loved ones who have died? Jesus said that he will return soon before this generation will pass away. However, Christ has not returned. But members of this generation are passing away. So this letter is a kind of response to this question. What will happen to our loved ones who are passing away? He comforted those who are worrying and grieving by confirming that 
those who have died will not be forgotten or ignored. And at the same time, he encouraged them keeping their faith in God by following this advice. Let us read this advice from Apostle Paul from verse 16 through 18. Let's read together. One, two, three. This is a kind of advice, a coaching about how to be ready for the Christ's coming and how to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ in the midst of disappointment and hardship. So please remember this. This advice is worth like a million dollars, so please remember that. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. Even though it looks like a separated behavior, actually it can be merged to the practice of prayer, unceasing prayer. To understand this, we need to extend our understanding of prayer. Prayer is not only a behavior or attitude, but it is more about a lifestyle and rhythms of life, as we said before. Let me borrow Carl Rahner's word, who was a great priest and theologian. He said, everyday life must become itself our prayer. Everyday life must become itself our prayer. If we start with the image of prayer as asking for something, for guidance, for needs to be met, for help, our everyday life couldn't become itself our prayer. We need to stretch the boundary of prayer beyond to give thanks and rejoice always. I know it's a pretty hard question. How can we rejoice always and give thanks in all circumstances? It sounds like impossible, right? But we can do it because it is grounded in our knowledge of God, who God is, how God has been working through our lives. Because it is based on our faith and trust that is our relationship with God. Prayer is a relationship with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. And prayer is our relationship with God. If we pray without ceasing, we can rejoice always and give thanks in all circumstances because we are being connected with God all the time. Now let us move to the more practical part about praying. When I ask people to offer a prayer in public, most of people actively reject it. And then they said that, Pastor, I don't know how to pray, as we just saw from the clip. How many of you have the same thought? If I ask you to pray in public right now, how many of you are willing to accept it? All right, thank you. All right, all right. I found 10 people, so I will send you an email for that. However, we've learned so many prayers already. I'm going to read some prayer. If you know what it is, please follow after me. Now I'll, I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Angel watch me through the night and wake me with the morning light. How many of you are familiar with this prayer? Similar, mm -hmm, similar yeah. Even there are many different versions of it. 
we may still recall this prayer, what our parents and grandparents offer for us. Then how about this? Thank you for the food we eat. Thank you for the friends we meet. Thank you for our work and play. Thank you for this happy day. Uh-huh, all right. This is a meal prayer that I use at the children's church. When we kids recite this prayer together, they're getting excited. I'm, I'm sure that is not only because they are hungry, but they are also excited to share this food and time with together with their friends. So, and there is the most famous prayer. Our father and mother who are in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I know you may think, Chan, I know these prayers, but it's not the prayer I'm talking about. I still don't know how to pray. Then how did you know these prayers? Your parents or grandparents might have taught these prayers every mealtimes and bedtimes, or your Sunday school teacher might have taught you these prayers. We have learned about prayer learned about these prayers, as, but at some point, we stop learning about prayer. It may feel like you just learned how to swim for a week, then jump into the ocean. That's not enough. That'll be the reason why we feel like the prayer as a burden rather than joy and gift. I cannot teach you all about the prayer in a day, but let me introduce some prayers and practical tips. First of all, prayer is not one size fits all. So it is important to find your own prayer type. So next slide. Do you have the picture of that book? We'll be on sometime. So actually I prepared the uh, picture of this book I referenced. Uh, all right. Pass to Prayer. This is a book that I referenced, and it was a textbook from a class at Garrett. So it would be a great resort to get ready to swim in ocean of prayer. So I'm going to introduce two different uh, prayers. Uh, Alan already shared some really great practices. So one of that is, have you heard about the Centering Prayer? All right, let's practice it. It's a sort of uh, contemplative prayer. Its main goal is to listen for God by reducing obstacles to contemplation so we can move into a spiritual room and gradual development of intimacy with God. So it's a pretty simple. Just think about uh, choose a short sacred word of one or two syllables, such as uh, love or joy or peace. Or Jesus. Just pick one. Ready? All right. And for me, I used Lord in Korean, Chuyo. It's in Korean. This is an awesome word. Then just be relaxed and close your eyes. 
Breathe calmly and regularly. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And then silently repeat the sacred word as a means of centering your thought on your yearning for God. Just focus on this word. Whenever an emotion, image, memory, even a helpful thought or thought about God enters your mind, just put it aside. <coughs> and repeat the word that you choose. As I mentioned, its goal is to development of intimacy with God and to increase sensitivity to God's presence. It's more about listening than talking. I really want to give you 10 more minutes for this, but, you know, my time is running. So there is another prayer type, is the Tongsonggida, which is totally opposite. It means praying aloud in Korean. How many Korean in this room? All right, there's one. And myself, my wife and myself. So Tongsang is is an important part of the prayer life of the worshiping congregation in Korea. In general, the members are given a specific amount of time for the prayer and common concern that everyone is guided to pray about and people may share their personal concerns or general issues. Then everyone prays aloud at the same time, and it's individual's word. People pray very loudly at the top of their voices, like a crying out. If you enter the room where this prayer is being practiced, you may feel like walking into a turbulent oceans and being overtaken by a massive wave. Don't worry about it. We are not going to practice it today. But if you want to experience it, please let our Korean members know about it, me and my wife, so we can <laughs> help you. Yeah, we can do Tongsonggido all together at somewhere else, so it will be a really great experience. So, please try and practice various prayers to find out your own ways to keep company with God. It's very important. One last tip for everyone is to write down the prayer journal, as, you, as uh, Alan shared. It's pretty simple. Just write down the prayer and prayer request with date, and then keep tracking the result of it. There are two benefits of writing prayer journal. First of all, you might actually pray about it. We have received many prayer requests from different people and groups. Archan, I'm going to have a test. Please pray for me. I'm going to have some kind of dating. Sometimes people ask me that kind of prayer, having a good relationship. Anyway, and how many of you actually pray for that? Right. Sometimes we may forget to 
pray about it because our daily life is too busy to pray for somebody else. So I used to pray about it briefly right after I received those requests. Also, I put it down on our, my, my prayer journal. Another great benefit will be that you can actually experience the power of prayer. Regularly, I checked my prayer journal, then I found many answered prayers even I didn't realize. For a while, I have been praying for my future ministry vaguely, like, Lord, I really want to serve the young generation. I really want to serve the church for all people. I really want to serve the church where it's inclusive and justice-focused. You are my answered prayer. It too. Eight years. Definitely God listened to my prayer and answered my prayer. Later, your prayer journal becomes a resource to see God's presence in your life. Amen? So please, please start writing this prayer journal. It'll be a great resource for you. Let me close with Coach Paul's another advice. Let's read together. One, two, three. Let's recall the graph that we saw in the beginning. People would be on fire with the New Year's resolution and pursuing the new and better life. How long? Less than one month. Then they would be losing their passion and motivation. The Greek word quench here means something like to put out a fire. If we do not anchor ourselves to our eternal source of hope and joy, our passion and willingness of the new life would be disappeared like that graph. Unceasing prayer is the only way to keep this warmth and light of the light, light of the Spirit in us. When you are in hardship, Please pray about it. When you need God's miraculous power, please pray about it. When you have a really great thing and, and celebration, please pray about it. When you feel alone, please pray about it. When you feel God doesn't listen to you, please pray about it. Because prayer is not about the answer, but for God's presence in us. That we can see how God is working with our prayers. I prepared John Wesley's covenant prayer that has been used for the covenant renewal services. It might remind our covenant to serve God with our whole heart and soul for this year. So, let us read together. I'm no longer my own, but yours. Who me to what you will, place me with whom you will. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praise for you or criticize for you. Let me be full, let me be empty. Let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, a wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. 
and the covenant which I made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen.